Tuesday morning to you, Oregon. I'm Finn J.D. John, FJ at OffbeatOregon.com, and this is the Daily Offbeat Oregon Podcast. Since it is Tuesday, this is an archive show, first published as a newspaper column and podcast episode several years ago. Thanks for downloading, and I sure hope you enjoy it. This story was first published on August 14th of 2010 under the headline, West Coast's First Female Doctor Lived in Oregon. Here we go. Maybe it's for the best that Legrand Hill turned out to be such a lousy husband. Had he not beaten his wife and whipped their baby George, Bethania Hill would likely not have dumped him and gone on to become the West Coast's first female physician, and the women's suffrage movement would have lost one of its brightest stars. Bethania's decision to leave Legrand was the more remarkable because she was just 18 when she made it, after four years of marriage. Also, this was 1858, and divorce was simply not contemplated. When she left, the neighbors were scandalized. Not that they were likely very surprised. Legrand was, by all accounts, astonishingly lazy, and the only thing he showed a real talent for was hunting. After he lost their farm to foreclosure, her parents gave them some land and built the shell of a cabin on it for Legrand to finish out, with things like a floor and a chimney and a cooking area. It remained in that condition for years, and Bethenia had to do all the cooking and domestic chores outdoors. But she put up with it, and possibly with some physical abuse as well, until that day he, quote, whipped my baby, who was around 24 months old at the time, unmercifully, and struck and choked me. Then she was gone, and so was little George. Within a year or two she was divorced with full custody and her maiden name back. Suddenly at loose ends, Mrs. Bethenia Owens started leaving George with her mother, where the little tyke played with his young aunts and uncles, and going to school. A few years later, she was actually teaching a class of 16 students, two of whom were more advanced than she. Quote, I took their books home with me, and with the help of my brother-in-law, I managed to prepare the lessons beforehand, and they never suspected my incompetence, she wrote later. But teaching and the grueling schedule of piecework jobs, chiefly laundry and sewing, were a means to an end for Bithynia. By working hard and being very thrifty, she saved up enough money to launch a dressmaking and millinery business in Roseburg. This business became very successful and generated enough money for her to send George to the University of California at Berkeley when he was just 14. Once he was off to college, so was she. One of the skills she'd picked up in her life was medical. Nursing was, in that age, grueling and unappreciated work, easy to get and hard to do, Precisely the kind of work that a driven person like Bithynia would take to fill an unexpected gap in her schedule of piecework jobs. Along the way, she discovered she liked medicine. So in 1870, she handed the Roseburg business off to a younger sister and headed east to a medical school in Philadelphia, one which taught eclectic medicine. She returned a year or so later. Medical school in the 1870s was somewhat less lengthy than it is today, although not necessarily less arduous, and opened a medical practice. Although 1870s medicine was a bit of a Wild West kind of thing, eclectic medicine was not the mainstream, and its favor was already fading. When young George graduated from Berkeley, she did not consider an eclectic college for him. She sent him off to Willamette University, and two years later he was an M.D., 
Then she herself went out to get a real degree. After being turned away from several of the medical college boys' clubs, she found a place at the University of Michigan, and in 1880, after two years of study, she got it. Dr. Bethenia Owens, M.D., was ready to take the place she'd earned in the society she had, in a very real sense, conquered. She became one of Portland's most well-known citizens, a good friend of Abigail Scott Dunaway, and a powerful force for women's suffrage. She went on to marry Colonel John Adair in 1884 and changed her name to Owens Adair. He seems to have been a problem for her. He spent her money as fast as she earned it on ill-considered and dreamy schemes. She retired from her practice in 1905 and, after moving to Warrenton, died in 1926 at age 86. A modern person will probably find just one major negative thing in Bethania's story. Like many others of her era, she was a believer in the science of eugenics. She became a powerful voice for forced sterilization, and her advocacy bore fruit in 1925 when the state adopted a statute establishing a eugenics board. In the 60 years after that, some 2,600-odd criminals and people deemed quote-unquote feeble-minded or insane had their reproductive organs stripped out an episode for which then-Governor John Kitzhopper issued a formal apology in 2002. Key sources in this story have included works by Ralph Friedman, Dorothy M. Johnson, the Oregon Historical Society, and the Oregon State Archives. Well, that's our show for today. Thanks again for listening. This podcast is part of Offbeat Oregon History, a public history resource for the state we love. More info is at our hub page at offbeatoregon.com. Offbeat Oregon is a division of Pulp Lit Productions, a boutique publishing house about which more can be learned at pulp-lit.com. Speaking of which, if you enjoy listening to me, you might check out some of my audiobooks. You can find them most easily with a search for my name on audible.com. Most of them are old pulp stuff, H.P. Lovecraft, Edgar Rice Burroughs, etc., but at least two of them are Offbeat Oregon history type stuff. Check them out if you're so inclined. This podcast is covered under a Creative Commons license. For details, see offbeatoregon.com slash cc. Our theme music is by the Atlas String Band and was written by Carmen Ficara. Listen and download more at atlasstringband.com. Questions, critiques, ideas for a future episode? Email me at fj at offbeatoregon.com. Episodes of Offbeat Oregon History are uploaded around 6 a.m. every weekday, so the next one will be on your device and ready to go before you know it. Until then, go out and fill up the rest of the day with good stuff. Bye now. Bye.